What's it mean? Eleven. That's your name? Eleven. Okay. Um, well, my name's Mike, short for Michael. Maybe we can call you L, short for Eleven. Boys bring Eleven back to Mike's basement, where they spend most of the episode debating what to do with her and keeping her hidden from the adults. Eleven reveals that she has telekinetic powers, and someone bad and dangerous to her and others is chasing her. She also knows something of Will's location and status, but her communication is cryptic. Sheriff Hopper and the Hawkins Police Department continue their search for Will, which leads them to a torn piece of fabric outside the Department of Energy Laboratory, as well as discovery of Benny's body, which has been staged to look like a suicide. Interviewing Benny's friends reveals that he is last seen with a boy whose head was shaved, which may or may not be Will. Joyce receives another mysterious garbled phone call she believes is from Will, before all the lights and sound in her house are activated, and some unseen force tries to push through her walls, terrifying her. Jonathan starts his own investigation into his brother's disappearance, which leads him to investigate the woods where Will disappeared. He hears screaming, but finds only Nancy and Steve fooling around at Steve's parents' house. Jonathan secretly films them. When Nancy goes inside to make out with Steve, Barb is left alone and is attacked by the Demogorgon. Welcome to Dungeons and Demogorgons, the officially unofficial podcast for Stranger Things on Netflix. I'm Jim. I'm Aaron. Uh, this episode is called Chapter 2, The Weirdo on Maple Street. I really like the name of this one. It's uh, obviously a play on A Nightmare on Elm Street. Mm-hmm. Uh, very good 80s reference, 80s horror reference, which this is turning out to be. Yeah. This episode gets a lot freakier. Yeah. Uh, I really like this one. What do you think of it? I thought it was great, too. Another one that moved really, really briskly and covered a surprising amount of ground. Like, when I was trying to write the synopsis and keep it short, it's like, man, it's really, it's, this this thing covered a lot of ground, as yeah. I just said. Did I mention it covered a lot of ground? It did. Uh, yeah. And also did a lot, like, it even had time to go back and develop, like... A relationship between Will and his brother Jonathan, and, and the and relationship dad, with yeah. their dad, and and reveal more of like Joyce's just maybe potentially disturbing backstory, and like a lot of little touches in the like we found a lot about a Hopper mm-hmm. uh, and his uh, background as a big city cop that pr- was probably fleeing the Hawkins to get away from all that shit, and it's his wrap back up in it. It uh, got us backstory about uh, Eleven's life in the lab, and still advanced the main plot. There's a very, very tightly, intricately plotted uh, uh, episode. Yeah, and they do a lot. um, This is kind of the hallmark of this show. It does a lot with very little. So, like, those things that you're mentioning, like, those developments are kind of very small, like, one-off sentences or, like, a quick flashback to something um, that's grounded by, like, the current events of the episode. And I really like how they sort of tease everything. Right, they they don't even just tease like, oh, here's the monster. We're not going to give you a great look at it. They do that, yeah. But then they also tease like, what is L's background? What is Hopper's yeah. background? What is yeah. the relationship between a potential relationship between Nancy and Hopper or Nancy and Lonnie? Like, it, it's so it's so well crafted. I just I really like it. And it's a lot of nonverbal stuff. Like Jonathan's riding in his car um, after having yeah. a bad experience at school, where you know people kind of look down at him as a as, as a loser as he's trying to hang up posters to find his brother. And this song from the Clash comes on, and his mind goes back to him trying to distract his brother from his dad and mom fighting as they're splitting up, mm-hmm. and uh, disappointing them by not picking him up for a baseball game, which then. He never says this, but that makes him think because, you know, uh, 
Will wanted a relationship with his dad in a way that, like, Jonathan was already over. Mm-hmm. Makes him think, maybe he's hiding out at my dad's house. So he goes and meets his It's like, it all kind of goes together, and they don't have to... There's no long dialogue, like, hey, Mom, I'm going to school, and I'm going to do this, and then I'm going to do this. It's just, it's very elegant. Yeah. And, uh, you know, re- rest on the performances... Uh, and th- this this dialogue rather than a whole bunch of expository baloney. Now, it does feel like eventually they'll have to get to some exposition because they're not explaining shit. No, they're not. This, this girl's got magic powers. She grew up in a lab. Her, she's calling uh-huh. the the the, re- the head research scientist Papa in one of these flashbacks. It's ah, opening a lot of questions. There's slime, yeah. slime pouring out of Joyce's sheds, walls. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They're they're unfolding a lot of new info on us. Um, let me ask you this. So I watching this the first time through, there was a certain point, and I think it might have been around the end of this episode, beginning of next, where I felt like this thing with L not being able to really talk yeah. very much started to become almost like a essentially like pumping the brakes on on yeah. the plot. It, and yeah. and I. I the second time through I'm I'm noticing it but I never felt like it got in the way. I always felt like they did just enough. Like mm-hmm. they had L say just enough to keep me on the hook and not think they're just doing this to keep the plot from keep this from being a two episode series. I mean they are. That's the whole like the you know the the constant frustration of a show where things could get solved if people just talked. Right. Right. Is still there, but like they've they've earned it because they show this little girl as this research animal that yeah they haven't be, they haven't bothered to socialize her beyond what they need to do to get whatever they need from her like they haven't taught her basic meanings of the word f- like friend or promise yeah. or pro- yeah things like promise and the fact that she doesn't understand that she should be ashamed of her naked body mm-hmm. uh, in front of mixed in front of mixed sexes that. It does like I, I feel like it's 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 earned. It's kind of like um, you know Jodie Foster in that one movie where she had she she her and her sister were raised by wild animals and she had this her twin speak and all that. It's like it's frustrating, but that's part of the premise. Yeah. So yeah. Um, and they do they do just enough, like I said, but they also kind of I like how they have three sort of separate but interconnected investigations going Mm -hmm. and how the characters who are involved in those investigations don't quite understand how they connect. Yeah. Um, L it's, it's interesting, I guess the information that different people have, right? Because L kind of understands what's going on here at the, at the root of it. Right. She's unable to quite communicate it. And, and even if she could, she doesn't get what's happening with will really, because she doesn't understand what a friend is. Right. Um, and then you've got like Hopper, who's doing his police investigation. Uh-huh. He thinks that he's stumbled onto the location of Will, but in actuality, it's L. Yeah, and going to lead him barking up to L tree, right? Which, which pushes him put towards him Hawkins Laboratory. Right. Yeah, and there's danger there. And then you've got um, the other investigation, which is Joyce, kind of going at it from the supernatural, right? Yeah, like yeah. following these clues that Hopper would never investigate, right? And you have all these people who are not being guarded at all about what they're talking about or how they're going mm-hmm. about their investigation being secretly mon- monitored by the fourth investigation, <laughs> right. which is the laboratory, and they know yeah. everything. They do. And yeah. and the stakes are super high because... They know, like, almost too much. Did Like, they're recording every phone call that goes on so, in yeah. this area. Yeah, it's a good thing. Maybe, maybe wow. that's why Will, Will 
keeps destroying his mom's phone. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Stop buying phones. I'm trying me. I'm trying to keep you safe. Uh it's all it's uh I I thought that's great. And yeah. th- you know, also, you know, Benny's murder last episode underscores as Eleven does as she points her imaginary finger guns at the kid's head, mm-hmm. like how much danger they're they're being put under. And I thought that Eleven's performance is really good in this episode where she just weeps for no good reason a lot of times, but I think the what you're supposed to understand is she is caught between self-preservation and wanting to be safe and also the knowledge that everything she does is putting these these boys and their parents and everybody in immense danger. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think that's, uh, you know, she's just she's just feeling feeling very hopeless. Yeah. I, I It would probably be cruel, but I think if I were Mike, I would need to do some experiments on Elle. <laughs> To figure out like just how small of a room you could put her in. Sure, that that's reasonable. I, I mean, it's it's for the good of everyone, really. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's gonna hurt temporarily, L, but it's like a band aid. We gotta keep you safe. We gotta keep you hidden. Couldn't you just like? Can I put you in like the shed out back? Right. But couldn't you just ask her like, look at this room? Would you feel safe? But she can't locked? tell me. She can say yes or no. I think she understands the word safe. She does. I'm not sure how she understands so much language. But also, does she really know until she's experienced it? Maybe she needs to be locked in there. I wouldn't trust her until I've observed her. It's it's science (laughs) demands that we be sure. It's for the greater good. (laughs) I liked all the kid... Like, again, all the kid stuff is really great because this all makes sense. Mm -hmm. Like, their initial plan they came up with, which is like, hey... We don't want to be busted by going outside in the cold and wet looking for a friend, Will, but we've got this little girl who needs help. Oh, I know. We'll just put her up for the night. I'll shove some waffles in my pockets and feed her, mm-hmm. get her back from school. I'll just lead her around, have her ring the front doorbell, and then it'll just be like, it's mom's problem. She'll yeah. know exactly what to do. And the kids are like, oh, yeah, yeah, this is really smart. It backfires when, you know, L doesn't want to do that because of the danger, and then... Uh, but but and, but then there's this tension between the boys, but the complication is that while Will was showing around her house, they find this picture of them, all four of them, competing in a science fair, which, mm-hmm. by the way, what fucking school system allows you to just squat up and do a science fair? I was always privy to the uh, the duo, the science fair Two, duo. You, could, you buddied up with another yeah. kid? Yeah, you had a partner for those, for like basically all your projects. Huh. No, I, I was. It was always a solo affair, huh? Did you know? Okay. In my son's uh, school district, that they don't that school science fairs are voluntary. That sounds wrong. They're not compulsory. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I would never have done science fair projects. Sci- if I kids, didn't have to. Science is optional. <laughs> if you want, if it's there, if you if you want it, but if not, you can just kind of safely ignore it. I don't. I don't know what kind of stand, uh, messages to send out to our nation's youth. Yeah. It makes makes a lot uh, makes a lot of things make a lot of sense. Um, but yeah, and then the reveal of like, it's, again, it all makes sense within the show logic where the kids are like, you know, starting to be, you know, Lucas is getting pushy about, hey, you know, you gotta, well, if this is true that you know where Will's at, then you better spill the beans. And then when she won't, he goes to tell, you know, Will's mom, or I'm sorry, Mike's mom, Mm -hmm. she slams the door in his face with her mind powers. Yeah. Uh, nose starts bleeding. Yeah, that was... Not good. <laughs> that makes it so. Like we we're talking last episode, how the reason we think that maybe the kids can can stand a chance against the forces of Raiders is because they've got someone with a superpower. But mm-hmm. we now see that there's some kind of limit to that. Like yeah. that, it seems like using her power in any kind of way is is damaging her. Yoda's nose never bled. No, 
No. I didn't see that in Star Wars. I never saw Yoda try to slam a door. No, he could have, though. He's a notorious door slammer. Is he? <laughs> yeah. Uh, but so that, that's that's a problem. That's a problem if you're 11. It is. I really like the, the job they did, though, of showing, uh, I guess, a little bit more background on Elle, um, where she comes from, why she's sort of the way she is. Right. Uh, putting her in that closet for, like I said, current events reasons made a lot of sense. Um, it was very similar to the thing they did with Jonathan and Will. Yeah, episode. and I, I was also thinking that with, like, um, Lucas and Dylan and, and uh, all the... Well, it's not Dylan. D- Dustin. Dustin. Yeah. Um, that a lesser show would just have the kids be credulous. Like, oh, of course she knows Will, and all, and no one would ask the smart questions. Like, she's just bullshitting us. Mm-hmm. Uh, but she she demonstrates her power on several occasions. She slams the door, and she's also able to intuit that Will's um, avatar in the D and D game is the wizard, and she's then uh-huh. able to use that. You know, like like the, all of her communication is very cryptic. Like she grabs Will, and you know they're essentially treating her like an Ouija board, and she flips her D and D board over, and he puts her. She puts the wizard on the upside down board game table yeah what the hell does that mean and who is yeah is he running from the bad men and then she puts the demigorgon gorgon on the table uh-huh. so how does she know this did she like you know, we yeah what's her connection to this this stuff this weird stuff that's happening in hawkins right right because we know that she escaped from the facility at the same time that whatever it is got got the guy in the elevator at the very beginning yeah so what exactly is her connection to it i'm not sure What's let's talk about Joyce a little bit and Sheriff Hopper because their okay. their plots are kind of intertwined this episode. Uh, one of one of Hopper's deputies asserts or may, maybe questioningly asserts that they had a relationship. Yeah, and I feel like maybe they did because There's some weird. Yeah, mm-hmm. Hopper's oddly deferential towards her. Like he clearly thinks when you know like like that she's that she's crazy and she does this crazy person thing where. You know, she says, I got this phone call, and it sparked my ear, and it had to be Will. And he's like, well, yeah. or it could have been the electrical storms that were going through the area. She's like, what do you think I'm making it up? And he's like, no, I'm giving an alternate explanations <laughs> for the facts you're giving me, which I believe. Yeah. Um, but he's still like, you know, when he's re- re- talk- talking about this with his deputies, they're all like, well, she's already a few steps from the edge anyway. And he's like, you know, shut up, have some class. So yeah, maybe and, there's and something there. Jonathan's dad kind of has a problem with Hopper. Like there he knows was, him, right? Is Hopper still running that town, that shithole? Yeah. And then Joyce also, it, it's weird to me because she wants to follow up all these leads, right? But when he when Hopper suggests I'm going to see Lonnie myself, right? She's like, no, don't do that. Yeah, which is odd. Well, that's a, a more of like last episode when she finally got the cop out to investigate. And he starts investigating. She's like, "No, don't talk." Like, yeah, don't look in the shed. Yeah, let let the people do let the people do their job, Joyce. And then Lonnie also mentions something about maybe I'm not the asshole. Like, like potentially there was a relationship between Hopper and Joyce. Um, and that's kind of what broke them up, or something. It could be, but or I'm... maybe like that was payback for all Lonnie's cheating. I. Uh, he seems like a shitbag, but he seems like a shitbag, and also I've got my own personal knowledge of I've I've had several I've I've seen several divorced families where the dad kind of takes off, and he's always got this like, well, if it wasn't oh, right. for your mom, we'd be able to spend more time together. When, and it's all bullshit because if you wanted to spend time, you'd you'd find a way. 
Well, there's always finger pointing from both sides, right? And trying to figure but, out who's and and, and when you're a third right. party on the outside, yeah. and you're seeing it through the lens of the one of the kids, it's it's really impossible to know. But I I feel like you're, I feel like that there, yeah, you might be right about the cheating, um, but I also think he's a dirtbag because he's, sure, like I, here's the thing: why he's a dirtbag. His kid's missing, uh-huh. and he is not part of the search party. Yeah. He has not called. He's not cooperating. With the, he, like, manifestly doesn't give a shit. And he's always, in this episode, he's like, oh, yeah, that kid's shit at taking care of himself. I just thought he ran away and he was missing. Right. Well, if he's fucking lost and he's shit at taking care of himself, you yeah. should be worried. Yeah, yeah. So it seems like he's got his array of excuses to to, to let himself off the hook, but... yeah. Uh, and and the person who's more affected by this whole thing is Hopper. Uh-huh. Like you get a couple of of scenes of him like being disturbed that a his friends are being killed, right. and also being really worried about Will. Like he's out on his his patio or his deck or whatever, drinking beer, popping pills, and smoking cigarettes mm-hmm. uh, in the middle of the night, just being kept awake by this. Yeah, and like you know, you, you're getting this backstory of him, like we mentioned, being a big city cop, and he's trying to flee to the rural area where there hasn't been a disappearance for you know 70 years mm-hmm. uh and there hasn't been a suicide for like 20 and now he's got it happening back to back and he thinks like maybe maybe he's cursed uh that he's he's haunted by these things like maybe he's the one that's brought it and i thought that that was um they're, they're they they paint this guy as such a just a cad yeah, and now they're like painting him with a little bit, little, little bit uh, uh, deeper hues here, which I enjoyed. Yeah, he could be be haunted by his past in some way. I mean, he kind of uh-huh. looked like I felt like in this episode. There's a couple like Jonathan and Hopper look like they just got done storming the beach in Normandy. <laughs> right. Like they got yeah. thousand, they got they got resting thousand yard stairs. Uh-huh. Uh huh. And it's really effective. And also, Which like, really helps when you're using a telephoto lens. <laughs> yeah. And it made me feel bad for like Jonathan because like he's clearly an outcat. Like the shit going down between his mom and his dad, and the fact that his mom might be a few screws loose, has made him into this kind of pariah at school. Mm-hmm. Like you know, his 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 mom's very poor, um, but she has two cars. I don't know about that. Maybe maybe Jonathan works too. I'm just saying he, that Jonathan, like work, his, yeah. his, uh, his like if you look at his clothes, they're out of date compared to the other kids at school, and they're also very worn. Yeah. So and yeah, her, they got two cars. One of her mom's is a Ford, like a Gremlin copy. Oh boy, a Ford version of a Gremlin. It's not a great car. Yeah. Uh, his dad's got an awesome car, though. Yeah, his dad's got a sweet car. Um, but yeah, um, and, and the, so they they they're also they kind of show the different social strata in like the community in the store, like you know, they're in in the school, like you know, Joyce, her family's very poor. Mm-hmm. Um, Mike's family is kind of solidly middle middle class, and you know, Mike could probably be a popular. Like Nancy's trying to make that jump to being a popular kid. Yeah. Because she's dressing smart and she's pretty, and you know she's 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 not poor, uh, and but she's got Barb dragging she's got her down. Barb dragging her down. Is Barb dragging her down? Like, is like, how much of I Barb, Barb is gen- genuine concern? How much is jealousy? Oh, I I really feel the genuine concern from Barb. Yeah, because like she thinks she's doing things that are dangerous. Right. Yeah. 
yeah. which I don't totally disagree with. Yeah, shot like like you go from not drinking at all to shotgunning beers at this party. Yeah, and then you're uh, going upstairs with Steve and going upstairs with Steve. After I wouldn't you, go upstairs after you with said, Steve. Like that's the thing is like I don't think and and also they're starting to lie to their parents and that's the thing yep. like I don't think. It's weird because it doesn't seem like Nancy's being honest with anyone, her friends, her family, herself, because she yeah. scoffs at the whole suggestion is like, oh, he just wants in your pants, yet she falls in the pool and now she's taking her clothes off and making out with, with Steve. Yeah. She wore a new bra. She knew what she was there for. And, she, and she, yeah, she wore, like, Barb's very perceptive. Like, why do you have a new bra on? Yeah. Like, why would she, you know, maybe it's just because she wanted to feel confident and sexy for herself. <laughs> okay. Uh, But... Yeah, yeah. I, I, I can feel like it's, like you know, and Barb feels like she's going to be left behind, and she is. Um, yeah, literally at this point, she's gone at yeah. the end of this episode. The, the, what I'm going to call the Demogorgon gets her, Yeah, I guess. And so. the, we got a good look at the Demogorgon's head for a few frames. It looks yeah. like a vaguely humanoid body with, like, an out-of-control Blade Three vampire head. Yeah. It's like imagine like, like you know the, the three face. part the three part jaw like if you just clone that in Photoshop and put it on top it's like yep yeah 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 like a flower with teeth opening <laughs> up a lotus blossom with teeth yeah uh, unsettling unsettling I like there's a lot of other scenes that were not like you could argue they didn't even need to be part of the episode but they add depth to the character like Joyce going to her boss Donald. Mm, and begging yeah. for an advance, and he's like, without, it's like, oh, yeah, sure. And he starts, and she's like, oh, I need two weeks because she's trying to replace her phone and do all this. And mm-hmm. he starts balking because, like, hey, I'm having to cover. And she's like, look, I've been here for 10 years. I've never called in sick. I've worked Christmases and New Year's and nights and weekends, and I need you to fucking cut me to slack. Yeah. And he does, like, she he, she browbeats him into doing it, but then she demands the extra pack of camels at the end. <laughs> right. Which is a nice, ca- like, again, like, I didn't need to see her scrape money together to get this new phone. Uh-huh. Uh, especially as much time as they spent with it, but it, it shows... I mean, it, it did a couple things. Like, you might assume that maybe she's just, like, completely shiftless, but she's held down a, uh, you know, how, 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 how crazy you think she is, she's held down and been very di- di- diligent about keeping her family afloat for a, for uh, over a decade. Mm-hmm. So you can't just dismiss her as some kind of crazy cat lady out in the woods. Not totally, anyway. It struck me very much as, like, somebody goes into a gas station intent on robbing the place, and they get into it, and they realize, oh, this is working. Mm-hmm. I might as well press my luck here. Yeah. Uh, give me, give me the cigarettes too. Yeah. I, <laughs> I don't know. I, I was with her until that moment, and then I'm like, ah, uh, yeah. I don't know. You, lot, lady. you just, you just gave up the moral high ground. Yeah. Voice. Um, I also thought it was interesting. The kids are like so worried about their parents' reaction that they're lying to them, which is, uh-huh. it's like, yeah, I don't know how you, I don't know how you keep a kid from doing that. But then it's his, so completely an 11 year old thought though. Yeah. And like, you know, like I'm more afraid of my parents punishing me than I am of getting eaten by a Demogorgon, I guess, or shot by a government goon. But like yeah. his mom sits him down and, and it's cause he's acting weird cause he's hiding 11 and she's like, you know, you've been through a lot with Will's disappearance and you can tell me everything and you don't have to hide. And I felt like he maybe even got the things like, Oh, I could actually push my luck a lot more than I am. Like I could, <laughs> I could be like, "Oh, mom, I'm an emotional wreck. I can't go to school today," and then he'll use that time to hang out with Eleven and and try to solve the the case. But I I thought that was yeah, uh, that was pretty good too. Uh, I I gotta say, 
episode two, Dustin is still the best. Dustin by I'm far, like this guy. Lucas. Dustin is leading the pack with just the way he describes Eleven getting naked. Like the, the, it's hilarious. He's funny, but Lucas is Lucas is the backbone of the group, man. Oh, he's for the, sure, yeah. He's the pragmatist. He's always saying Dustin's a little scared of the situation, but yeah. Like I feel, I feel like Dust uh, Lucas is uh, Lucas. Hmm, is who's the leader? Like they want it's me tough to, to say. They yeah. want me to say Mike is the leader, um, but uh, may, maybe he's the Kirk. Lucas is the Spock, and Dustin is the McCoy. Okay. Dustin's the one that's always making the cracks about your cold-blooded Vulcan blood, right. you know, uh, jokes about teleporters, and, and, and Kirk's always trying to follow his heart, and Spock's reminding everybody, like, look, fuckers, can't we be logical about this? Yeah, that and makes Spock a lot of sense. Spock was always my favorite of the Triumvirate, so maybe that's why okay. I'm a Lucas guy. You're a McCoy guy? No, I wouldn't Didn't label myself a McCoy. a McCoy guy. No, <laughs> I'm more of a Spock guy, too, but or actually Kirk guy. It's an imperfect. Awesome. It's an imperfect analogy because in in this one, like McCoy would have to have a bit of a Rodney Dangerfield fl- <laughs> flair to him, uh, which is kind of absent in DeForest Kelly's uh, performance. Yeah. <laughs> what else are we? What else the the are we missing here for this episode? Uh, not too much else. I mean, there's just so many questions at the end of this episode about like what is going. Is it really Will trying to? Uh, get a, get a hold of her what is going on with the lights and the music what the hell is trying to push through that wall which is a really creepy yeah. effect what is 11 trying to tell them about the demigorgon and where will is um what's the connection of this supernatural force to electricity like that's a a question i have yeah and the, it's not just purely supernatural because we see these scientists in this 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 chemical gear show up and are yeah. like doing this investigation and finding this this goo like it's it's supernatural metaphysical but there's also there's there's science behind it. Yeah. Um it's not completely dungeons and dragons at this point. Um and I I guess I like I like Joyce's character a lot because she may be freaking out and she may be following these leads that no one will believe but like she's also determined to find Will at any cost, right? The the idea that she would be so freaked out by this thing that she runs out of her house essentially screaming, gets in her car and she's prepared to drive away, but then she realizes, no, this might be the thing that helps me find Will. I need to go back inside. Yeah. Um, that gives me a lot of, I guess, respect for her as uh, a mother and a character. Yeah, and the other thing I, I had in my notes I forgot to mention is this element of Cooper's being – or uh, Sheriff Ho- Hopper. Mm-hmm. Uh, hanging with, <laughs> hanging hanging with, with Mr. Sh- Hopper. <laughs> hanging with Sheriff Hopper. Uh, that – it's it's not just that he ran away from the crime of the big city, uh-huh. but also he points out, like, yeah, it's not my first time I investigated disappearance, but, like, that I always dealt with strangers. Like, you come in yep. and, like, you know, other than your your empathy for fellow for people, it's like it's the strangers and you're trying to solve this crime. Now you're talking about a friend of yours who's committed suicide or a family that you're close to has lost a kid. And like, mm-hmm. you know, he went out here to get away from that stuff and now he's finding a more intense version of it. And Does the, it, the irony of that. Yeah. They're really leaning into that idea of like this sort of small town life and the connections that people have in that. And I'm wondering if stranger things isn't part of that. Um, you know, not, not just strange from a, whoa, I can't believe what's happening perspective, but right. like, Literally, like, getting to know people and having these attachments to people. Like, everything seems to be getting stranger and stranger yeah. in this show. But these people seem to be coming more and more together mm-hmm. um, with, with Hopper and Joyce and all 
like Eleven and Mike and all of them. Yeah, and you're you're also like the other question is, um, you know, Nance is with this the Steve guy who uh, again not not uh, not 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 done anything to really earn my hatred. <laughs> Other than smoking, underage drinking, and and having a a, a criminal hairstyle. Oh come, we've all been there. <laughs> but uh, you know, there's there's a little something, there's a little some sympathy between uh, Nance and Jonathan. And then also yes. Jonathan act. Okay, I like Jonathan out in the woods trying mm-hmm. to investigate his brother's uh, miss uh, missing his disappearance. But then he goes to find and he investigates the screaming, finds it's just a you know people horsing around the pool. Starts photographing people. Starts photographing people in their house. Mm-hmm. Like yeah, that that's the kind of creepy Steve behavior I want to hate Steve for, and he's not displaying. And now Jonathan, <laughs> who like I want to feel sorry for, is being the fucking creep. That I got it. Like what what yeah. the hell is going through his head? That's a real good question. I don't know if he intends to like blackmail Steve, but he would also have but to why? blackmail Nancy at the same time. Yeah, right? that's what I'm saying. Like it doesn't like, and also I don't think have they hinted that there was a mutual attraction there before. So like, why would he I feel entitled? So. Why would he want to blackmail Steve? Right. Um, I mean, other than being kind of picked on and looked down on and, and low key bullied, that 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 plot doesn't make a lot of sense. It seemed to came out, and I'm thinking hmm. like, okay. Yeah. Well, they're, they're, he's going to capture Barb's disappearance, and that's going to be the piece that they need to yeah, kind of yeah. put their. But then he runs out of film uh-huh. as the Demogorgon jump scares her, so he doesn't get any of it. Doesn't get any of that film. shit. So, what is going to be the use of of all this? I don't know. That's a good question. Uh, Clearly, he he saw something though, right? Or he didn't even see it. He saw. Her sitting on the diving board, and then he looked down to fill his camera again, and he looks up, and she's gone. It's unclear to me what he saw. Like, did he see yeah. like a flash of light? Did he see the demigorgon standing, and then they disappeared? Did, like, I, I really did the don't pool know. lights turn on and off. Like, yeah, I mean, he sh- sh- should have seen that because yeah. the pool lights blinking on and off was a thing that actually happened. <laughs> so, okay. yeah, I would think that that would catch your eye, but I don't know. Maybe he just doesn't know what creepy behavior is because his dad's a creep and his dad's <laughs> girlfriend's a creep because she's all like, "Yeah, oh, you're underage, uh, son. I might break up with you and date him." Like the fuck, he's miscalibrated a lot, like L is. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I'll just take all my clothes off here. This is normal. Right. I'll take pictures of my friends naked for <laughs> yeah. jerking off. I, I, I don't know. I don't know. They, they, don't they know. weren't, like, sexy or salacious photos. It no. Was just, 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 uh... They were blackmail photos. Like, those are teenage blackmail photos. But, but, and I don't know... He didn't catch them drinking or doing... Like, they were just having fun beside the pool. With like, no I adults. I... But while the parents are out of town, yeah, maybe that's 1983 blackmail material. I was still, yeah. I was still wearing underoos and playing Star Wars. I don't, I couldn't commentate <laughs> on the state of blackmail in the uh, 1980s. I can comment on the state of wood paneling, and it is strong. Wood paneling, like, great basement from Mike. Great yep. 80s basement. Yeah, the Mike's basement is uh, like I was, I was kind of envious of it because, because yeah. that's what I'm thinking. Like, huh. Um, in what world could you put a, a a girl down in the basement and like throw a sheet over the table and know that your mom's not going to go down there to do laundry or whatever and get busted? But yeah. then I was looking around and it's like this is just their playground, man. Right? It's got a permanent D and D set up, and there's like a permanent fort going on. Like that's yep. that's just the, that's the kid zone. <laughs> no, my cousins had a basement j- exactly like this. Huh. Exactly like. You got the staircase leading down to it. It's all wood paneling. It's this big open area. Yeah. It just has, like, toy chests and bullshit for the kids everywhere. You ever think – because 
Do you ever think that wood paneling will come back? Because here's the thing about wood paneling. See, I would love to have a basement that is just like that. Yeah. yeah because no. it's a nostalgic thing for me. So well, I also, think maybe. I, I feel like wood paneling is, is like warm and natural in a yeah. way like, like, like avocado green appliances and harvest gold, <laughs> all that shit can go fuck itself. But like wood yeah. paneling, I don't, uh, I don't know. I, I feel like wood paneling is going to be like wood, wood, uh, hardwood floors. Like that's what we started with, and then like then we got the area rugs, and it's like you know what's cool wall to wall wall to wall shag carpeting, yeah, and central vacuum sweepers, and then like after the shag carpeting wore out, it's like <laughs> rip it off. Look, we got these beautiful hard. Who knew there was hardwood floors under all these? Like that's <laughs> that's the thing in the eighties, I guess. Just the the wood moved from the floor to the walls, right? And we replaced that with carpet. Yeah, it's weird because like and now it's going back wallpaper. the other way. Who, when are we going to start putting carpet on walls? I, ugh, I guess that would be because that like, I feel like the seventies might have done that. Um, I cursed the nineties because every house I've ever moved into has had significant wallpaper. Oh yeah, that yeah. is no, and like you. you know wallpaper is just the worst now. You can't have wallpaper. Nope. Uh, well, you got to rip it down and and you know fix up the sheetrock and paint <laughs> it. And I don't, I don't know. Wood paneling though. And it's all over the laboratory. And too. never have I peeled off wallpaper and like, oh my god, look at these hardwood <laughs> walls. <laughs> the shiplap. Can you believe everywhere. what's underneath here? Uh, yeah, I don't think it's ever coming back on cars. That's the one place mm. where wood paneling just doesn't belong yeah i thought the same thing about dashboards but i saw a couple of dashboards recently that you know, had that yeah. whirl wood and i'm like who the fuck thought this luxury yeah. like brand new cars too i need i need, I need, a, like I need rainforest wood up in my 2017 yeah. sleek exotic battery driven dashboard what the fuck <laughs> right i don't know carbon fiber is kind of ugly mm-hmm Outside of very specific applications, and the the vinyl shit just gets old. So carbon fiber floors—that's carbon next. fiber wood. Yeah, <laughs> wood fiber. Wood fiber is what we need. Thanks for listening to our season one coverage of Stranger Things. If you like what you hear and want more, check out our, all of our television, movie, and pop culture content on BaldMove.com. If you like to help support our podcast and get a ton of bonus content and features, check out Club.BaldMove.com. We'll also be taking feedback during our upcoming Season 1 wrap-up podcast, so send that in to strangerthings at baldmove.com. You can also discuss this with your fellow fans at forums.baldmove.com or follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Until next time, I'm Aaron. And I'm Jim. See ya.